is we are becoming more and more self-centered. We are spending more and more time creating a reality that's about myself at the center and how I'm measuring up to whatever the thing is that I want to measure myself against. And internally, we're becoming less and less open, empathetic, compassionate, generous, present. We're becoming less and less of that. Welcome to Let's Be Real a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Yunus brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life, and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com. We might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Eunice. Hey friends, welcome back to Let's Be Real. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice. I am so glad to be with you today as we are taking some time to talk about real things that really matter that are usually going on inside of us and are impacting the way that we feel and act and relate, but oftentimes we might not be in touch with that. So we're we're in a series right now where we're talking about what some of those issues really are. And this is a series that's loosely based on my book, She's Got Issues. It's for all the she's and the he's in your life. Um, it was written kind of directed at women, but in a lot of ways, we're all human together. So most of the stuff applies, whether you're male or female, and whether this is about relationships that you have at work or your relationships at home. And we have all been spending so much time at home. It's such a different reality. But I think that even as our world shrinks a little bit and we lose some of those normal rhythms, we have an opportunity to get in touch more deeply with where we really find our hope and our security and where we really establish our identity as people. And it is so, so easy to establish our identity in all kinds of things. And if we're not aware of what's going on inside of us, a lot of times that operating system begins to really be impacted by the world around us. And so we're going to talk about that today. Last week, we talked about control. And this week, we're talking about comparisons and what comparisons do to us why we're so prone to them and what we can do about it so that we can become more fully ourselves, be able to sort of step into the unique and beautiful and important contribution that you have to make to the world that isn't about comparing it to anyone else's. So we are in a season of kind of some room makeovers in my house. This often happens in the summer where it's like, what are we going to do? Like, let's move things around in rooms. I'm used to moving around my whole life. I'm an army brat. And so we moved every few years and I had three siblings. So there's four of us usually in very small houses. So one of the things that we used to do was barter and bargain with who got to have their own room. Like everybody had to share rooms, but one sibling, usually one sibling would get their own room. So we would move our rooms around like 
every six months, <laughs> rotating through who got to have their own room. So my children have their own room. It's a little different. We're in the same home, in the same town, very different than the way I was raised. But in the midst of all that, we still get to the summer and we're like, let's refresh each other's rooms So or the rooms for the kids. And so just this afternoon, I was working with my daughter, Cameron, who is 15, almost 16, and we were putting together a bed in her room. And I was thinking about this podcast around comparisons and how we fall into this. And putting together this bed is a perfect analogy of kind of the way we we do comparisons and why, why it's so natural to us. So the way that this bed was getting put together is you got all the pieces, you know, there's like 486 pieces and all of these screws and all these parts. And then there's an instruction manual. And the instruction manual is visual. It doesn't really have words. It's more like you can look at the parts and the parts have letters and numbers and you're putting them together. And so what you're doing is you're looking at this model, right? This model of what you're trying to create. And then you're trying to recreate that reality in person with the actual bed pieces. And this is the way that we learn. We we look at a model and then we apply it to the reality that we're in. And this is the way that we develop as kids. It's called social learning theory. And the idea is that we're actually created to look outside of ourselves, to look for models that we can imitate so that we can create them in our own reality. So as kids, this is what we do. We look up to our big brother or our big sister. We look to what we're watching on TV or what our teacher is saying. We're looking to our peers to determine who we are and who we're going to become. And that's very, very natural because we don't want to have to learn every hard lesson in life because we do them ourselves. Like We need someone to model for us that you don't touch a hot stove so that we don't go and touch a hot stove. We can actually put ourselves in the position to imagine it. And then by imagining it, we learn it without actually having to do it. We can look to the model. And so this idea of comparison is actually, we come by it really naturally. It's the way that we learn how to move through life. And if you've ever seen like middle schoolers together, sometimes it is sometimes into high school as well. And I would actually say beyond that, I love to watch groups of teenagers together. Like if you're just out at the mall, or I remember particularly one time being in Washington, DC, where there was a lot of field trips going on. And you can kind of see what group of teenagers go together based on what they're dressed as and what they're carrying. And they'll be carrying all the same kind of backpack or they'll be wearing very similar kinds of shoes. And they actually begin to look like each other because it's like this social learning theory is in hyperdrive when we're teenagers because we're actually learning how to differentiate ourselves from our family. So the place where we were first kind of imprinted with our learning is changing because our identity is beginning to want to rise up, wanting to become our own people. And we take all of that modeling that was first done in our family and we put it on our peers and we begin to look to our peers to discover who we want to be and how we're going to be that person. And so a lot of times that ends up manifesting itself in dressing alike, liking the same kinds of things, talking alike, wearing their hair alike. You see all of that. And I actually would propose that you continue to see that through life, that we sort of take on the culture of the people that we're around. And that's all based in this idea that inherently in us, we have this wiring that's designed to look outside of ourselves to discover who we are, to to make ourselves into the image of who we want to become. And so we're doing that all the time. Now, unfortunately, 
we often hold on to that beyond our adolescence. And that same thing that helps me put together a bed because I can see the model and then I can recreate the reality, the same thing where my teenage kids are casting their eyes right and left to look to their friends, to their peers, to say, who do I want to be in comparison to these other people who are like me? This whole idea that we're basing our identity as a comparative measure to others is important, but a lot of times we get stuck there. And we just we just stay there. And we never, even if you're 45 or 55, we've never really learned how to now find what do I do with this tendency to look outside of myself to determine who I am? What do I do when I've now built my life on looking around to decide, am I good enough? Am I right? Am I successful? Am I attractive? Am I valued? And if we're doing that and continuing to do that as adults, we are in just this crazy storm of shifting winds of opinion, shifting trends. We're always kind of looking to surround ourselves with people that we can measure ourselves up to. And people do this everywhere. We're all doing it. And what's happening in us, like why would we be so prone to do that? Why would that be in our operating system? It worked for a time when we were learning, but as we come into our own, we still have that inherent wiring that's looking outside of ourselves to determine who we are. We begin to see like, okay, what is happening when I'm doing this constantly, when I'm constantly measuring myself up to other people? Well, two things can happen. One, we can get on this sort of emotional roller coaster where we're constantly like judging where we fall on the measuring stick. And if we feel like we fall above someone, that we're going to be prone to superiority, to pride, to sort of like feeling good about ourselves on behalf of someone else's weakness, if that's how we see it. Or if we go to look and we particularly are prone, maybe women more so than men, to look to social media, we might not even know we're doing it. We might just be scrolling and be like, well, that's a celebrity. My life's not like that person. But something in us is tick, 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 measuring ourselves up to what we see on that screen as we scroll by, and we find ourselves feeling inferior. And we're looking to this life and we're like, my life's not like that life. Why can't I have a life like that? Why is that not my reality? What can I do to get to that reality? And what actually is happening in us is we're sowing seeds of discontent with the life that we're actually living. And the crazy thing about it is we're not actually even seeing other people's reality. Like we're only seeing this like little screen of a reality that they've chosen to put out there to express who they are. Can I just tell you something? My social media does not represent my full reality. Like my social media is there as a way for me to encourage my readers to be present, to be personal, but it does not represent my entire life. There are relationships in my life that are allowed to have privacy. There are there are dynamics and conversations in my life that aren't for social media. There's my own personal story. They're not for social media. Like if I social media does not represent the fullness of my life. Like I know that to be true, but I am just as prone. When I look and scroll and if I'm not being intentional and careful about thinking about this idea of how likely am I right now to be comparing myself to other people 
Am I trying to put myself on some sort of measuring stick as a way for me to either feel good about myself or feel shame, feel discontent, feel frustrated? And the only way you know if you're doing that is to begin to become more in touch and more aware of your emotions and more in touch and more aware of what's coming in, what you're taking in through your eyes, through your ears, through your experiences that may be swaying you one way or the other. Because truly, truly, we are all prone to this. We all come by it naturally. We're looking outside of ourselves to figure out who we are inside of ourselves. And this is why I am unapologetically and will always be a passionate follower of Jesus. Because the idea of Christianity is that Jesus said, I'm going to put on flesh. I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to live as a human being because you are looking for some way to understand your reality. And I'm going to be incarnate. I'm going to be God in the flesh to give you an expression of how you can live in relationship with your heavenly father. Because you were designed to look outside of yourself to determine who you are. But if you're not looking to the Lord, if you're not looking to spiritual things, if you're not looking for that deeper reality of what your identity truly is, then you will for sure be casting your eyes to the right and to the left as a way of measuring yourself, as a way of feeling good, as a way of determining your discontent. And the interesting thing about comparison, although it sends us on this crazy roller coaster often of sort of discontent or superiority to inferiority and then back to superiority, in the mix of all that, what's really happening is we are becoming more and more self-centered. We are spending more and more time creating a reality that's about myself at the center and how I'm measuring up to whatever the thing is that I want to measure myself against. And internally, we're becoming less and less open, empathetic, compassionate, generous, present, I don't know if any of those words appeal to you. Like I, 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 That's the person I want to become, open, empathetic, generous, compassionate, present. We're becoming less and less of that when we're comparing ourselves. It's so crazy. It's just like all of a sudden our world is like this self-centered swirl of how does this make me feel? Am I better than this person or worse than this person? Is this experience better or worse? Do they have more likes or do I have more likes? Do they have more? The whole thing is becoming this crazy swirl of self-centeredness. And this is what is like the teenage angst. Like teenagers are supposed to be going through that. It's naturally part of their identity. But if you're beyond your teenage years, you want to move past this. So let's talk about just a few ways if that relates to you, if you feel like, okay, even if you know that you're not consciously doing this or it's not a majority of your life, you do know that it's still sort of existing. You get those little pangs of jealousy. You you feel envy or discontent around certain friends or friendships. You always feel like you're not measuring up or you're not enough, or maybe even you get this kind of good feeling when something goes bad for someone else. I mean, I told you this. Is, I mean, this show's called Let's Be Real for a reason. I mean, this is the reality of our nature. It's not pretty, but it is the reality of what happens when we get caught in this comparison trap. So if we're in that trap, how can we get out of it? And I think one of the things we have to realize is I am always going to be a person who's looking outside of myself to 
determine who I am. Like I'm looking for a compass. I'm looking for a manifesto. I'm looking for something to define my world with. And if we could just admit that that's probably not going to be found just inside of you, like somewhere deep inside that swirling mess, you're going to find this goodness. I I do think and know that we're created in the image of God, but I also know that we have this like flawed, broken lens that is called sin that we're trying to then use to to shape our reality. So what do we do with the fact that we're going to be looking outside of ourselves? And this is where um, this idea of what you're ingesting, what's coming into you is so, so important. I have found over the years that the only way for me to get out of that space, which is such an ugly and um, small space to live in, is the only way for me to get out of that is to be looking outside of myself for a different way to live. And the life and teachings of Jesus provide that different way, this other way of kind of like orienting my life around who I want to become so that I'm not looking through my Instagram and I'm not looking to my peers and I'm not looking to achievements and accolades to determine how good am I or am I okay. I'm actually looking to something else and I find the life and teachings of Jesus to be that place that I can look to find my way forward. So I want to read you this little passage from Second Corinthians. It's a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, who had this incredible, I mean, he was, if he was going to compare himself, he talks in one passage and he says, like, if we want to compare ourselves, I'll compare myself. Like, he was kind of the upper echelon. He was the upper crust of the religious leaders of the day. He was, he was, he was born into the right kind of tribe. He was given the right kind of education. He was trained up by the right kind of people. He had every reason to find confidence in himself, but he had this unbelievable experience with the living Jesus Christ who, and he realized his whole reality was upside down and it changed his life completely. And he sort of became this passionate Jesus follower who really is the person who wrote most of the New Testament, who just nonstop went after this idea of what does it look like to live a life following who this Jesus is. So this is what he wrote in 2 Corinthians 10, and this is verse 12. He's talking about himself here. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying, hey, when this stuff is happening out there, when people are comparing each other to each other, it's foolish. But what we're going to do when we're when we're passionate about Jesus, when we're following God, is we're going to actually compare ourselves. We're going to compare ourselves to what God himself has said we should be coming. Like the only person I need to be comparing myself to is myself, to the to the self that God sees that I can become. And God gives us all these characteristics of the person that we can become when we're in Christ. We find that in the fruit of the Spirit. Um, am I becoming more loving? Am I becoming more joyful? Am I becoming more peaceful? Am I becoming more patient, kind, good, self-controlled? Those are examples of kind of a measuring stick that we can put up for ourselves where we're saying, am I living a life that's moving me toward more and more of that? So that in this social learning theory, this idea that I'm looking outside of myself, I'm actually looking outside of myself to something that is higher and a greater expression of who I can become rather than the people to my right or left or to my achievements or to whatever that thing is that I find myself very tempted to allow 
be the thing that tells me if I'm good enough or if I'm valuable or if I'm successful. Because as long as we're looking for those things in the created world, it's always going to fail us just over and over and over again. And another thing that I like to do in the midst of like trying to reorient myself to like, okay, the comparison that I want to pursue is the person that God believes I can become. The person I am today to the person that God says that I can become, that's where I want to orient this idea of looking outside of myself. But when I find myself tempted, as I always will, when I find myself tempted to use my scroll on my phone or to to compare myself to someone else or to feel either sorry for myself or prideful for myself, I always try to remember to that I'm only seeing this tiny slice of their life. And this is truly like the benefit and the fruit of having been in counseling and ministry for my adult life is that um, I have been exposed to people that the world says have it all. Like a person that you would think, oh my gosh, their life is amazing. Like I want their life, everything about their life. And I've been with those people and heard their hidden weaknesses and their sorrows and their sufferings and I know that they're human. Like there's not one person who escapes hardship. There's not one person who doesn't struggle and suffer from some level of woundedness, from insecurity, from something that's holding them back. Even the person that you think of as like the the, the person that you would want to become, they themselves struggle with comparison to somebody else. It's just it's just the reality of life is that that little thing that we're seeing is not really the whole thing. And I have to tell my, train myself, tell myself that so that I don't get trapped in that just trying again and again to say like, I, am I good enough? That that sort of insidious operating system that's underneath it all, that's, that's looking for that place to compare. And if I'm not in God's word, if I'm not like filling myself up with the truth over and over again, really on a daily basis, then I am going to find that my eyes are going to shift to the right and to the left. I'm going to be looking around myself to compare myself rather than looking to who God says I can become. That's where I want to place my measurement, not in a way to condemn myself, but in sort of that part of us that's inherently looking outside of ourselves for more. And we can turn to other people, we can be inspired by them, we can be encouraged, but as soon as we're using other people for comparing, the important word there is using. When we are using other people as a comparison metric for ourselves, you're going to find your world is getting smaller and smaller and more and more self-centered, more and more tumultuous, more and more discontent. So, so be inspired by people, be encouraged by people, but always hold it together knowing I'm not seeing their whole life. This is not like they don't somehow have access to a different reality than I do. What they have is what I have too, which is the ability to grow in love, compassion, forgiveness, openness, the ability to spend time with our creator God who who says that you're valuable enough for him to want to be with you, who is patient with us, who meets us, who wants to direct us. Like there is nothing more valuable than that. Like that's who we've been told that we are. So if you're confused about who you are, if you find yourself falling into this trap again and again, I just want to encourage you to ingest God's word, to be in God's word, to walk with him. If you've never experienced the teachings of Jesus, maybe this is now the time where you're like, I can't keep living like this. It's not working for me. Find yourself in the life and teachings of Jesus and see if that gives you that 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 true north, that compass, that direction that you're looking for, because you were made for it. You were made to find that kind of deeper life. 
Thanks, you guys. I um, love our time together, and I'm so looking forward to next week. We have a special guest next week. It's going to be amazing, and I'll see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Be Real with Nicole Eunice. We'd love to hear from you. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? Send us an email or a voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com and we may feature you on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.